0: Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm Rena. I'm John. And today we have a great show topic for you We've seen a great need for this conversation, so we're really pleased to talk to you today about healing from corporate. We're talking about when you've had a traumatic experience in the work environment, just it might be the day-to-day grind, (coughs) it might be working way too much overtime on a regular, ongoing basis, receiving messages that you're not valuable, all the things that can come with a... A job like that, uh, we're, we're going to talk about what that's doing, um, how it's affecting you, and how you can heal from that so that you can become who you were meant to be, make the impact you were meant to make. And it doesn't matter really if it's a for-profit corporation or whether it's a nonprofit or a government, oftentimes we see these dynamics, especially in larger organizations, can be in smaller ones, too. So we're just really going to spend some time unpacking this, and I hope that if you can relate to having had a difficult type of experience in the workplace, that you really gain a lot of benefit from this show. We're going to be talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, the have <laughs> lost my place here— Um, And then we'll also be talking about um, what we've seen, what we've observed from people. Uh, What we see is, is that people are very, very drained from these difficult experiences. And I think often when people look back at them over time, they identify it as having been a significant experience in their life it may be the way that they were treated by a boss or a manager or their co-workers uh, but it's been really significant and what we find is it takes so much energy being in this difficult situation that people can often be stuck there and feel like they can't move on even when they desire this is the reason that john and i have taken an interest in this is talking to people who really want to make a significant difference and, and they feel like they can't. So they, they feel stuck there. They, they, if they do get out of the situation, oftentimes it takes a long time to really heal and be able to move on from that. So that's what we're exploring today. And John's actually gonna share some of his experience around having a corporate job and, and what that was like. You wanna tell us about that? Sure,
2: I've had a number of corporate jobs. And so I'm going to share just an experience from a kind of a a collection of them together. Um, But also, just before I dive into this, just wanted to mention that if you wanted to call in today and share a little bit about your corporate experience, your job experience, um, we'd certainly love to hear you uh, share your experiences. And if you'd like to receive some support, maybe, maybe how to get started on your healing from that, we'd love to support you in that. You can call the station at 866-576-1055. Again, that is 866-576-1055. So in my experience, it was, it was odd. I've been in and out of different jobs and, and had different different types of experiences at different ones. But when I was let go from my last corporate job and just decided I wanted to go off and do my own thing, we wanted to do our own thing together, um, didn't necessarily really see the effects of being in the corporate job right away. It's almost like you, know, you can't see the forest through the trees. And a lot of times when we're in the middle of it, sometimes it doesn't necessarily seem quite so bad until you get out. and You look back and you go, whoa, that was, that was very different. And there's just a contrast between I mean, maybe afterwards after you're not in that environment anymore, and you look back and see a huge contrast between being in it and being out of it.
1: Part of that is that it's just normal, right? It's day-to-day, and you see everybody else dealing with the same stuff, and you're like, this just must be what it's like. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. And we thought there might be a little bit of cognitive dissonance in there. You know, how can we really, you know, how could I really value myself and stay in that environment and be okay with that? And so part of me needs to justify that it's really not so bad. It must be okay. It's normal. It's what everybody is going through, and, and it's really no big deal. And really don't see all those things until afterwards. Now, I've been in other jobs, other positions where it was clear in the middle of it. Kind of you walk, go into work and it's blah. It just sucks the life out of you. You just dread going in because you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And we can receive all kinds of really really cruddy messages being in, in our jobs. And also just wanted to share before I get into those specifics, it took me about nine months to really, to really feel like I was pretty far along in my healing process. And probably today I'm still dealing with a little bit of that now and again um, just, just because there's, there are some messages in there that were very powerful over time that uh, you know, it's hard to take in. So some of the things I've experienced in corporate, I've had a boss sit me down and say, you don't matter here. If you don't, if we don't like you or your work, we can just get someone else off the street.
1: Now that just blows my mind that somebody would intentionally sit down and give somebody that message. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's just crazy. It's quite an experience. And yeah, crazy weird. Yeah. So I've worked in places where there've been lots of blaming, terrible blame, shame environment. So if there was a problem, the first thing that had to be done was to find the person whose fault it was first. Only then could they feel like they could fix it. And that was that was oppressive. It's It's kind of a, a depressing, oppressive environment to be in something like that.
1: Well, I'd be scared. I would be scared all the time because I kind of have an issue around being blamed. So if I... You know, I would do everything I could to either not be found out or make sure I, I produce like crazy to make sure it didn't happen. Or and then I can imagine people starting to deflect to other people, right? Yeah. S- to see if they can take the blame because I don't know, maybe you lose your job if you yeah. get blamed.
2: Well There's, There's even times when people get together. It's like, okay, how about how about you take the blame this time, and I'll take it next time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wow.
2: Yeah, spread it around, you know, so it doesn't land on one person.
1: Oh, that's fascinating because the repercussions are so big. Yeah, yeah, the potential repercussions.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow, and that's like for just like missing a schedule deadline. Uh, Oh, all kinds of things could be
2: missing a schedule deadline, but it could be other things. You know, we were working in software, writing code. Code wasn't working right, so you know
1: gotta blame somebody for that right instead of just going to fix the problem right Mm, interesting
2: yes yes and yeah and of course the person who wrote the code originally they might be the right person to fix it and there's a difference between going to them because they're the right person to fix it and going to them because it's their fault it's a totally different vibe there Mm -hmm. so so we're going to continue this conversation. and to share some more of my experience. We'll be right back in a few minutes after we come back from the break.
3: What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of The Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money1055. Go to TheImpactHour.com to schedule your complimentary session today.
0: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact, unlock your potential, and live with passion. It's all new The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055.
3: Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour.
2: Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about healing from corporate America, healing from our job experiences. And uh, when we left off, I was sharing some of my experiences being in corporate and wanted to continue a little bit about that. I had a time when things were not going well in the company and I think the marketplace had changed. The need for our product was diminishing over time. Mm
1: It's likely to happen in the tech industry, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very And common. others, but yep. yeah.
2: And I remember the boss got the whole team together and he yelled at us very sternly and told us that people are going to lose their jobs and it was our fault. Wow. That was pretty heavy. And then we all just sat there. We didn't know what to say, what to do, how to take this in. It was just crazy. Like, it, like the whole company rides on what we did 12 months ago.
1: Right. Because there's a significant time delay in, in what you do and how it's affecting the company, yeah as a software engineer, yeah, yeah.
2: You, you make a product and it takes a while to you know get out into the marketplace and start making money for the company and there's there's definitely a lag between what we do and and any sort of income for the company.
1: dude, I would seriously have a big reaction if I was in a group and my boss was yelling at me. I, I just know that personally you know and this is something I'm working on, but i wouldn't i wouldn't I wouldn't take that very well. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, it would vary from person to person. And, you know, for the listeners, if, if you've had an experience, feel free to call in and share it. And if you want to get some support around that, but it'll, it'll really vary as to the person's life experiences and their skills. But to be able to handle something like a boss, an authority figure yelling at you and blaming you for people losing their jobs, that's going to have an impact.
2: Yes. Very negative one.
1: Yeah. No kidding.
2: Yep. So I worked at a company where we consistently worked 60 to 80 hours a week. And I always wondered why we were working so crazy hard until I was a project manager for a little while and learned why it was. So I went in with the schedule and said, here's how we th- when we think we can get the schedule done, when we get the project done, and was told that we needed to be compressed.
1: Shrink the schedule.
2: Shrink the schedule.
1: Do the same amount of work in less time. Come on. You can yes. do this.
2: Yeah. And and by the way, just so you understand software, it's kind of like being handed a Rubik's Cube and being asked, how long is it going to take you to solve this? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not quite that bad, but it's along those lines. It's a very creative process. There's a lot of problem solving. There's some of it is just a lot of unknowns. So usually when you give a schedule that you you have, there's, there's usually going to be already some unknowns involved in it. And we're told to compress it even more beyond what would normally happen. And then... We were told and blamed for not meeting our commitments when we didn't make, meet the schedule, the schedule that they they wanted us to do.
1: That reminds me of the psychological phenomenon called learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what you do. You're, right. It's, it's going to be terrible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we used to joke in the office that uh, we didn't know that when they told us we'd be working half days that mm. that meant 12 hours.
1: Yeah. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Supposed to, maybe funny. It's supposed to be funny, but it's supposed to it's be funny. Just sad. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Other things I've noticed in corporate that kind of gives a funky message is uh, the corporate privilege and status that some people have. So the bosses have offices, and the other workers have cubes. So bosses have special parking spaces. If there's a high-rise, a building with multiple floors. You know, the, the higher your status, the higher your floor <laughs> is in the building, right? literally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, that's that got to give a message to the employees about their value, whether it's intended or unintended, to have vast differences uh, between those visible type things. You know, I would feel like I, I was less than. Yeah. And and not valued and unimportant. And it can go, it can snowball. It certainly can. That with all the other stuff you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Some of the biggest things that I think impacted me was the way they did annual reviews. And so that was the time where they could tell you everything you did wrong all year long.
1: <laughs> Not what you did right. No. No. Don't no. do more of this. Right. Just stop doing that.
2: And, and, they, and they didn't, like, tell you when it happened so you could fix it. It's like, hey, you know that thing that you did 10 months ago? I'm going to have this in your review right now.
1: And that affects your pay raise. Right. Yeah yeah i, I was, uh had a job for a number of years in in government, and I remember they had an idea of continual improvement, so I could never get like it was like a one through five or whatever I could never get a five they didn't give fives because that, that would that would imply that i don't have any room for improvement, so I could never be graded as being excellent, which is really frustrating
2: right. Yeah, uh, and I've worked in places where they graded it on a curve. <laughs> so it was one through five, and that every team had to have at least one one and at least one five.
1: Whether or not they had somebody that performed that poorly or not, they needed to produce somebody who rated a one. Yeah. <sighs> that's yeah. terrible. And
2: the company let those people go.
1: Oh, that's a big impact on a person's life. Yeah. Wazers.
2: Yeah. So, and then a lot of times, you know, just being in the workplace, you know people are treated like it's a factory, and people are just replaceable parts, they're just units of production, and you know you could be having stuff going on at home, but that doesn't seem to matter and and whatnot. so it's uh I don't know a whole lot of the corporate experience. you just get a lot of these little inputs, some of them pretty powerful, but some of them just little inputs along the way that they, they keep telling you you don't matter, you're unimportant. Um, you know, you're not valued here.
1: Which is ironic because as an employer, I would want to do the exact opposite. I would want my people to feel awesome, like rock stars, so that they can give their very best, right? Yeah.
2: Yes. And we'll get into a little bit about why that is in a a bit.
1: That theory, X, theory, Y thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So in general in the workplace not for everybody but for many people we've noticed that the workplace gives a lot of negative messages and people start over time to feel more and more devalued and they start to take on and internalize these messages they start to wonder is it true maybe I'm really not valuable and over time that can be a a a real strain on on your life your quality of life the way you see yourself It can be a, a pretty heavy cost in that, and that's why we're talking about healing from corporate today. In addition to that, or instead of, it could just be you work in a place where it's in constant crisis mode, and you just work crazy hours all the time, and maybe emotionally it's okay, you feel like you're needed and you're, you're valued, but you know you work 10 to 12 hours a day all the time, and that can take its toll as well.
1: It takes a really big toll, not only on short-term quality of life, what time you have available for family and other things, but it, over time, it really has a, a, a big effect on the body, Yeah, living in constant stress.
2: So do you want to talk about some folks that we've observed?
1: Um, actually, based on time, I'd love to hear about the theory X, three Y, and some of the stuff that's going on. Okay. Yeah.
2: Awesome. So there's this idea out there, and the person did the research, I think he just labeled it Theory X and Theory Y. That's very creative. Because he wasn't in marketing. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And the idea is it's a worldview. It's a workplace manager, boss worldview. Theory X has a worldview that every single employee would rather be on the beach drinking a Mai Tai.
1: Than at work producing.
2: Than at work producing.
1: So they're there against their will.
2: Yes, they're there because they have to be there, not because they want to be. And then if the boss doesn't do anything, the people will not work.
1: Right. At all. So they're, they're manipulative tactics to, in t- to force, to manipulate people into working. Yeah. Is, is what these, these messages and different things that you were just talking about in your experience, and I know other people have similar experiences. Those are attempts by the managers and bosses to get their employees to work.
2: Yes, Because they feel like their job is to get their employees to do their best work. And if they think that the people won't work unless the boss does something, manipulates the people or whatever to get them to work, then that's what they feel like they must do. And so they can create a constant crisis mode because that makes people work hard. Or they tell people that they don't matter, so they work extra hard so that they can keep their jobs because they're in constant fear of losing their job then. You can have things like that going on.
1: And we know that that actually diminishes creativity when there's any time of type of time pressure. And I understand that can be required, you know, to some extent necessary in a corporate environment. But when there's limited amount of time, people are far less creative and less productive. And so they're actually getting less quality work by pulling those tactics. They are. Yes.
2: Yep. So I, I didn't look up the, the person who came up with this idea originally, so uh, sorry I can't cite that to you right now. But the other theory is Theory Y. Theory Y states that the employees, the people, want to be a part of something bigger themselves than themselves, and they want to contribute to it and be a part of it. They want to be at work, and they don't want to just sit around doing nothing they want to actually be a part of it they want to be a part of the excitement of creating something interesting and and being a part of something that's that's bigger than they otherwise would be a part of a group collective effort and those folks according to this theory don't need to be coerced into it mostly you need to get out of the way and they'll go do major amazing things
1: yeah and you've had you've had some good managers in the past I
2: have yeah, and, and he had more of a theory-wide viewpoint on the world. Mm-hmm. And, and he viewed his job as to make sure we had what we needed when we needed it. So we'd look ahead and go, okay, this is what's going to happen. Soon we're going to be in this phase, and we're going to need to have this training, or we need to have these <coughs> books available, or these resources available. And he would get that all lined up ahead of time. So then when we got there, it was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, and he wanted to make sure we were doing our best work. So a lot of times he would ask, you know, what are you doing and, and t- tell me about it and explain it to me. And, and partly was to build trust, but partly was to say, wow, you're doing amazing work.
1: Nice. And, and to
2: give us encouragement for it. Like, you've really got it going on here.
1: I'm going to respond way better to t- somebody telling me, you know, I'm doing good work than somebody telling me, you know, you're replaceable. You're utterly replaceable. We don't need you. You're lucky you've got a job. Right. Go out there and get this work done. Blah. (laughs) on. Think about this. (laughs) Blah.
2: Yes. Yep. So we think some of the reasons that the workplace is this way is not just the theory X versus theory Y, but uh, we have a theory – about this. I don't know if people studied the workplace specifically.
1: Well and and just to mention that this is an exploration that you, John, and I are in um, that we're both in looking at what's going on why are people coming out of this situation so beat up right and so unable to move forward so we're just checking this out don't claim to be experts on corporate America and the dynamics but as we're exploring it we're sharing it with you.
2: Yep so we've looked at it and and I think I believe I think you might probably believe, too, that the structure of the relationships in the workplace influences behavior. So the fact that there is a reporting structure, this, you report to this boss, he reports to this one, and communication flows, communication structures in there produces certain kinds of behavior in the workplace. And one thing that kind of, kind of highlights that is this thing called the, pri- the Stanford Prison Experiment.
1: Yeah, I was. I'm trying to decide how much it applies, but I think it's worth looking at. This was, study was done in 1971. There's a documentary. Well, they reenacted it uh, as a movie, and that's now available on Netflix. But they were really examining the how authority um, plays out, and it was specific to the the prison prison situation and how much of the authority and the abusive behavior uh, on the part of guards was caused by personality or their position. And what they found is that position has a massive effect on how people perceive and treat other people. And um, the briefly, the experiment was, was canceled after only six days. It was supposed to be a... Um, 12 or 14 day experiment. And um, the prison guards, they they were randomly assigned. um, These were college students randomly assigned to be either a guard or a prisoner. And there were 12 of each. And it got so out of hand with the guards utterly mistreating the prisoners beyond what they were supposed to be able to do, um, that they had to cancel the experiment. And just to find that people, based on having a role, fell so quickly into a pattern of abusing other people, I think is is actually relevant here. And just knowing that they have authority and being in a position that supports that, I think people start getting a little out of hand in trying to produce the bottom line for the company. Yeah. Interesting to look at. Um, The author, the researcher was Philip Zimbardo, and you can see it on Netflix. It's called The Stanford Prison Experiment.
2: Awesome. So we need to go to a break. We will be right
4: back.
1: You're listening to the Impact Hour.
4: Hey, folks. Baron Larson for Big Mountain Heating and Air, Windows, and Solar. Do you think you can't afford solar because you just found out that you need a new air conditioning system? Good news, folks. Purchase a small, medium, or large solar system from Big Mountain, and we'll throw in a new air conditioner in any residential size, if you invest before the end of this month. And you won't lose out on that 30% federal tax credit either. Don't be held hostage with ever increasing utility costs. How do you think the utilities can afford to lose more and more customers going solar? You know, I think they're just gonna keep raising the cost of electricity. What do you think? Get a free air conditioning system through the end of this month with your solar system. Call 378-4616 or go to BigMountainAir.com. It's 378-4616 or find us at BigMountainAir.com
5: crosscards.com Send free e-cards from the largest online Christian greeting card website crosscards.com Search thousands of online greeting cards with inspiring and encouraging messages for any occasion Your home is so much more than square footage and a floor plan, so why would you entrust buying a new home or selling your home to anyone but Ellen Hurley, the Real Estate Insider And tune in weekdays from noon to one for Ellen Hurley's show, The Real Estate Insider, exclusively on Money
4: 105.5.
5: This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. Over the past six weeks or so, there's been a steady drumbeat of impeachment talk from the elite press and the opposition party. As a result, daily Google searches on impeachment have spiked by 1200%. London oddsmakers have raised the odds that Trump will not finish out his term by 21%. And the stock market? The seven weeks after Trump was elected, markets exploded upward 8.3%. But in the same period of time after the impeachment push, it has gone up by only 1.5%. There is little doubt that the effort to keep impeachment on the table is hurting markets, which means it's hurting retirements, pensions, and college savings programs. If there were proof of wrongdoing, then of course, justice counts more than money. But Americans should not be forced to endure even more economic stagnation for the sake of scoring higher ratings and political points by the Trump opposition. Simply put, the impeachment crusade is costing you money. I'm Jerry Boyer. If you want a life
0: rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055.
3: Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of The Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money1055. Go to TheImpactHour.com to schedule your complimentary
2: session today. welcome back to the impact hour today we're talking about healing from corporate america i'm sharing a little bit about why it is that way why is it so common to be in the workplace and have common similar experiences from one place to the next you would think they should be wildly different but it turns out there's not quite so much variation so we were talking about a number of things. We talked about the structure, just the structure of the corporate s- system seems to produce certain kinds of behavior. Just a couple more things about why it might be the way it is. I imagine probably managers have some training to be a manager, but still have personal work to do like anybody. And they can be triggered emotionally by anybody. And they interpret the world in based on their past experience, like anybody.
1: So what you're saying is there's not a scanning, uh, screening where people have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence or done a certain amount of personal development or necessarily even have been trained to be a manager.
2: Right. Yeah. I've worked in places where the engineer was promoted to manager.
1: And there, what is to say that that person was qualified to help inspire and empower other people to do it? They might have the great technical expertise. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. So another thing that I think affects this a lot is I've talked to some managers and they are taught, they're told to not care about their employees. Don't get too attached because you might have to let them go someday or you might have to discipline them or whatever.
1: So it's kind of like don't care too much about them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what does that create in the workplace? You know, what kind uh, of experience does that create? A
1: place where you don't feel cared for? <laughs>
2: yeah. How about that? Right. Yes. So we wanted to kind of migrate into the segment on healing. What can you do to heal from your corporate experience? So I think this is, uh, well, I guess we want to just talk about, I guess it's me starting out here. But the, um, there's a couple things you can do. One is you can leave. And we want to talk a little bit about that. But you don't have to leave in order to go through the healing process.
1: Or you don't have to leave right away. Yes. If, if that's not feasible, sometimes it's not the best yes. to, to leave immediately. So if you stay, what can you do? We'll look at that.
2: We'll look at that. But if you leave, if you're considering leaving, wanted to help you take a look at what is the cost of staying. The toll might be higher than you think.
1: Mm-hmm. So we, we know that you may need the money. That That's the common reason why people stay. They need the money or they need the health insurance, the security. Yes. Right? But what's it really costing?
2: That's right. So we looked at it, and your health could be being uh, diminished, reduced, because of your experience. Your emotional health certainly affects your physical health. That's been shown pretty clearly. It can affect your self-esteem. I know it did for me. It can affect your relationships. If you're having a really crappy day at work and you come home, how can you be there relationally, emotionally for the other folks in your household? So it can be affecting your marriage, your relationship with your kids. Uh, If you're in a workplace where you're spending 12 hours a day, that can lower your quality of life. You just don't have so much time for other things that you'd like to do. And it can lower your creativity. And this is one of the things we talked a little bit about before, but it can kind of reduce your resourcefulness. It can put you in a less resourceful state. And so when you're emotionally distressed or when there's always a time pressure on it, it's get this done as fast as possible. It diminishes and reduces creativity and it makes it so that you're in a less resourceful state at home and other places, not just at work.
1: Which really makes sense. When you're wanting to go out and get a new job, that takes a lot out of a person. Confidence, energy, time, um, feeling good about oneself. And that's all diminished by having this difficult type of experience at the current job. Right. So that, that makes it even harder to leave because of it. This is what I say when we've seen people stuck. It's really quite a dynamic.
2: Yeah. You talk to someone who's, who's coming from a wounded place from work, and they, they feel less capable to go find other kinds of work.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think in some cases that's <coughs> even intentional. I don't want to say that's across the board, but, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, almost
1: wonder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. So whether you, whether you leave or whether you stay, the healing process will take time. It does, you know, if it's taken, you know, five years to be in the place you're at in your workplace now, don't expect in one weekend or, you know, one afternoon session, it's all better. So it will definitely take time, and you need to be deliberate about it, especially if you're staying.
1: And know that it's normal. You're not alone. There's so many people dealing with that the the pain the the difficulty the stress and wanting to move on but not knowing how so just know that it's it's normal it's normal i want to normalize it and let you know it's common yes how's that there you go
2: <laughs> yeah yeah if you do want to leave here's a way you can leave you can shrink your lifestyle Temporarily give up the boat, the gym membership, the cable TV, the new car, downsize your house, stop new financial obligations. There's all kinds of things you can cut way back on, shrink your lifestyle way back, and pile up a whole bunch of cash. When you have six, nine months, 12 months saved up, you can just quit without having another job lined up. And then for some of you, that might even be preferable you need to go through a healing process otherwise you're carrying this ick that you've experienced into your next opportunity which would not be great not you're a great still, way to start not off. a great way to start it's not a great way to support you in your new in your new journey you still have this past experience kind of hanging hanging on to you
1: yeah if if you're wanting support and information about reducing your lifestyle we learned a ton from dave ramsey so he's a really great resource on so what you can do is just choose to live the smallest lifestyle that, that you're willing to live to save up the cash to make it possible to leave before you have a job. And ideally take some time to, to just to heal yourself and um, let the stress fade away, rebuild your self esteem um, before you re enter the workforce.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yes. So I think you've got a whole oh, set of things for us to do to heal. I'm so
1: excited to get to support you all in beginning your healing process. Like John said, it's going to take time. It's going to be faster if you're deliberate about it. So you want to take this on for yourself, whether you're choosing to stay at, at your current situation or if you've already left, um, there's things that you can do to begin that healing now and just know that if you are staying in the, in the difficult work situation, um, th- the results may be a little more limited, and they're more expanded when, you, when you're free of it and no longer receiving those discounting messages. So this is exciting. want to have you give yourself positive, affirming messages all the time. This is to counter what you've been fed on a regular basis externally for maybe a long time now. There are ways that you can do that, such as exercising, taking great care of your body and making sure you get enough sleep and and have a really great diet, one that's nourishing your body. You can also um, make sure that you have people around you who are building you up people who believe in you and express that to you. Really limit your exposure to people who are emotionally draining, negative, always seeing what's wrong and talking about that. That's not what you need right now. You need people who focus on the positive and people who build you up. Realize that your being in that situation is a choice. And you may choose to do that for a period of time because that's most beneficial for you and or your family. It's not something that's happening to you. So it's about having more of an empowered perspective of it. I'm choosing to stay here for a period of time. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for me to transition into something um, that's better for me. Know that it's temporary and, and with a goal in mind. And I'd love for you to really start envisioning what it is that you really do want. you got to make that effort. It's very deliberate to not focus on what you have that you don't want. It's easy to go there. But focus on what you do want and really start picturing it in your mind. Let it be vivid and detailed. And that will help you to achieve it. You could even look around to see if there's a support group. I don't know if there is. We've we, we're mulling over the idea of starting one, helping people heal from, the, from their jobs so that they can go out and make a difference. Or if they want to go get a job that makes a difference, you know, we can help support people in healing from that. We have some episodes that, that go into these things in more depth. So we have an episode, which show recordings are available at theimpacthour.com. And episode 31 is all about self-care. So this is a really great step that you can take to begin your healing from your corporate experience. Also, episode number 40 is dedicated entirely to affirmations. So we're going to talk a little bit about affirmations, and John has a really great resource for you. If you don't have access to one right now, but you can get access to a pen and paper, I encourage you to do that. Or if you're sitting at a keyboard and can write we'll have a bit, little bit of an exercise for you to do so um, we're about to go into a break so I want you to stay tuned you're listening to the impact hour
3: what if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger where are your passions hiding you are here to create an authentically empowered life There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of The Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to TheImpactHour.com to schedule your complimentary session today.
0: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact, unlock your potential, and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055.
3: Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour.
2: to the impact hour we have been talking about healing from corporate we're talking about some of the things that you can do to heal from that experience and one of the things we talked about just before the break was this set of affirmations that you can create for yourself
1: so my encouragement to you is if you have um, a pen and paper have that ready and um, also or a, a keyboard we're gonna want you to write out these questions and this will be a uh, practice, uh, an exercise that you can do for yourself. Now, the idea of affirmations is that these things, uh, we want you to acknowledge what really makes you awesome. These things are true. I'm not asking you to fabricate anything. It's, it's true, and we want you to really own it. So... Why don't you go ahead and write out the the questions John's going to go over for you. And if you're driving and not able to write, then you can, you know, just kind of think about these questions. These are to really help you, like I said, embrace what makes you awesome.
2: Yeah, we call this your awesomeness profile. Yay. So some of these are questions or statements, but based on these, you write down your answer, your response to it. And there's nothing really magic about these. So that's not like the exhaustive list of all the things that you can think about. So if you think of anything else and these just spark some ideas, then that's great. So the first one here is write down and list out how God made you special. What's uniquely and special, unique and special about you. How you positively impact other people. If you know your purpose and uh, how, how you're meant to be, what you're meant to do in the world, you can write that down.
1: What you're already doing that's making a difference, how you're positively impacting people's lives. Yeah. Own it.
2: Yep. What are your strengths? How do they help you be awesome? Be specific about your strengths. Write down your tough experiences and how that helps you understand other people because of them.
1: Yeah. You know, I really get... These kind of people because i went through that myself
2: yeah uh-huh. and then write down how those tough experiences made you who you are and the qualities that have been cultivated in you because of them
1: that's awesome
2: what are you skilled in how to use those skills to benefit other people what mm-hmm. contributions have you made and it doesn't have to be specific to work it can be anywhere about your abilities. So things that maybe you're able to do that other people can't. And in this list, think about anything that comes really easy to you, but you notice that not everybody can do that.
1: And this is not the time to be downplaying great stuff about you. This is the time to really take a look at it, spell it out and and see it for what it really is. Yes. So don't 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 play small on this. Play real big.
2: Yeah. So you can include things like you find you're intuitive, or you can find that you get people, or people just generally smile around you.
1: You're compassionate. You're intelligent. Yes. Yeah. The, check it out. Find it. What What is it for you?
2: Yeah. Next one is what you show other people. Next one's pretty obvious. Your education, training, and degrees. Yeah. So no need o-
1: to gloss over it. Go ahead. Don't, take don't it omit
2: on. those. What you're doing to improve yourself now. And then also what you're doing to improve yourself in the past. And then life experiences and what you've learned from them. What things have you overcome and how people benefit from who you are and what you do and how you show up. Awesome. And then how do you inspire people? So that's just to give some thoughts. And if you if you're going through this and you think of some other things, put it down. This is supposed to be your awesomeness profile. And keep in mind that a lot of the things on here are general. <coughs> and that means that they apply to a lot of things. A lot of times the workplace tends to kind of diminish the idea that skills translate from one thing to the next. And but the truth is that, you know, a, a stay-at-home mom who manages the household And the kids and the meals and the whole thing has a whole ton of skills and experience that would apply to all kinds of other places.
1: Scheduling, inventory, crisis management. I mean, just (laughs) identify it all because it's all beneficial and all useful. Yeah. And although it may or may not translate onto a resume, the purpose of this assignment is for you to really own how awesome you are because you're able to show up and be more of service and more of who you are when you really embrace it.
2: Yes. And And embracing it means you just, you own it. That's you. It's like, hey, I'm awesome at this. You know, I can engage in war against a colony of army ants and win. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, it's like, you know, "This this is me. I'm confident. I can do this.
1: I wanted to share just a little story about that because our coach had me write uh, a list like this, and for me, it was a very, very powerful experience in embracing really what I've got to offer. And I don't want to read the whole list because it would seem really braggy. It's for my benefit, not for your guys's. And this isn't like I say something you go around you know telling other people about. It's for, it's for your benefit and for you to take it on. And I just wanted to read uh, just one one of my things in on there, which is that my empathy strength and my beingness makes people feel received and that I get them. This connection that people experience with me is a part of who I am. People have a unique experience being with me that makes them feel valued. And I, I had an assignment of reading this like we call it an awesomeness profile every time I was going to get on the phone and call potential clients and follow up with people and, and check in with people so I became really familiar with my list and I really this one I took on as and in recognizing it and and how valuable and how important it is and I utilized it a lot more so I realized this connection that people experience with me is special and they feel valued. And so I'm able to do more of it and help people feel more valued and understood because I took the time to recognize it and embrace it. So that's what I'm wanting for you doing this list is to really recognize how awesome you are, to embrace it and so that you can utilize it more. Know that you're not gonna make a complete list the first time, keep adding to it. It's a work in progress and you can take some of them Uh, Just like any other affirmations, put it on sticky notes around the house to remind yourself or in your car or by your phone or whatever that is. You can make it a part of your morning practice to review your awesomeness profile. We want you to acknowledge and recognize things like your character qualities and spiritual truth. If you know that God truly loves you, include that in there too because we know that to be true yeah. so there's going to be tremendous benefit in in doing that exercise we want you to come from a more empowered place so the next thing that you can do is be mindful of your thinking and the stories that you're telling yourself around your experience So be very careful of saying, you know, he did this to me and I can't leave and I'm stuck and all the negative stories. And he did that because I'm a bad person. You tell yourself, you know, nobody will hire me. Things like that are really going to hold you back. So having a more empowered thinking would be like looking at the choices that you've made. So how how is it that you've come to be in the situation you chose to stay um, you're choosing what you're choosing now and what are you going to choose in the future so it's, it's all about your choices instead of something that was beyond your control and we also did a whole show um, called what does that mean and that's about the stories uh, that we tell ourselves the meaning that we assign to why people do what they do and what we've found is that changing the story that we tell ourselves around our experience um, can completely change our experience um, of the of our situation. Now, now, if you completely drop the story, like literally stop the narrative that's going on in your head, the emotions attached to it will fall away. That's For
2: some of you, you might discover that the the majority of your Credit experience is all driven or primarily driven by the stories you're making up, which means that if you work on yourself and change your thought process and your stories, your current workplace might actually become a pretty great place for you in your experience. Interesting.
1: Not for everyone,
2: but for some.
1: Well, at least it can be a variable, right? Even yeah. if it doesn't make it like a wonderful experience, it doesn't have to be so horrible right. either. And say, you know, if your boss goes off on you, well, isn't that interesting? Well, he must be having a rough day instead of taking it personally. Because my go-to when I was in a corporate type government job would have been, what did I do to make him mad? So changing your thinking where you're not blaming yourself is, is going to be really helpful. And when you change your story, you'll change, change the feelings of that. And that's fundamentally changing your experience around that and that's really part of the healing process even when you've completed that work situation um, the story that you tell yourself around it will influence your experience of it whenever you think of it again so that's why we really encourage you let's see that was episode number seven called what does that mean Yeah. I'm really excited to have had an opportunity to look at ways for healing. I want to remind you that it's a process. Be patient with yourself. Know that it'll take time. Be deliberate in the affirmations. Uh, Really, a lot of it is going to be about your thinking, the stories that you tell yourself, what you're telling yourself about yourself, and what you're capable of. And it's also about your thinking about what's going to happen in the future, So if, you know, a positive forecast is going to be a lot more likely to make something positive happen. That's why our thinking is just so very important. And it's one of the things that we frequently focus on here at the Impact Hour. Healing comes
2: from the inside out.
1: Yes, it does. (laughs) And we know that it's an important variable in you having the positive impact that you want to have. That's why it's so important for you to be on top of your own healing from this kind of experience. Thank you for listening to the Impact Hour.